Hi everyone, welcome to the latest Pensions in 10. This week we're going to be talking about the lifetime allowance and the abolition of that, uh, the Pensions Ombudsman and changes at Quiet Room. Morning everyone, uh, apologies for the dress. I thought I'd put a rugby shirt on in praise of a wonderful weekend of rugby for some of us, less so for others. Well, Dave, the lifetime allowance is back in the news. Uh, what's occurring? Yeah, so there is a new story which we'll get onto in a second, but it is probably worth taking um, a moment just to think about where we are with the lifetime um, allowance and its abolition. So you recall back in the budget, Jeremy Hunt said the lifetime allowance would go by 6th of April 2024. And now currently HMRC are racing through with some regulations to ensure that's done. The finance bill 23-24, which we haven't seen yet. They're consulting on some regs and it's safe to say that it's a bit of a mess. Um, it's pretty complex. Easy to say the dispatch box that you're going to get rid of the lifetime allowance. Much harder um, to do in practice. Um, there's all sorts of wrinkles, uh, representations from the ACA and SPP, amongst others, to try to get this working. Um, so it isn't going to be easy. Whether it will happen by 6th of April 24, some are questioning whether it will happen. So we'll have to um, wait and see. There's also the odd situation where at the moment, as the, currently the rules are drafted, you can take um, a larger benefit from a defined benefit scheme than you would have been able to previously, which is quite um, an easement. Um, HMRC has said this is not their policy intention, but it's still there. It still needs to be rewritten in the regs, and if it doesn't get rewritten, then this will come through. So it's definitely one um, for trustees of DB schemes to keep an eye on. It's also interesting, Dave, that Labour previously had said that they would reinstate the lifetime allowance, although at their recent conference, they may have soften their stance ever so slightly and uh, the treasury spokesperson was saying it's not his decision to make so he doesn't really want to talk about it which makes me think that maybe he doesn't know what the answer is uh, but rachel reeves also appears to have softened her stance ever so slightly so we've yet to see if it will come back uh, in, in in its original form or whether there will be a specific carve out for doctors yeah it's definitely an area that's um concerning advisors who actually have to deal with you know, help people make the right decisions um, about their pensions, whether this will come back. So whether we have a, well, they might team term a golden period with no lifetime allowance where people can can cash in before it comes back. So yeah, it's definitely um, an area of concern. And one of the policy aims of the removal of the lifetime allowance was to stop people from leaving the NHS, as you alluded to um, there with what Rachel Reeves is, is thinking about. And we've got some statistics from the Times over the weekend, they've done a freedom information, which suggesting that people are still leaving the pension scheme. Um, whether this is because of cost of living crisis or misunderstanding of the tax rules, but it, whether the policy aim of stopping people leaving the NHS has been achieved by the removal of the lifetime allowance um, is an open question, I think. Well, Dave, I thought it would be worthwhile just mentioning that our friends at Quiet Room, who've done so much good for the pensions industry over the last 20 years, not least the recent simplified annual benefits statement, uh, which was very uh, welcomed by the industry. They've just appointed Chloe Taylor as their new or indeed first CEO. Uh, and having known Chloe over the last few years and, and of course the, the wider team at Quiet Room, I think that's fabulous news for them. I wish her every success and I think it's really good news for the industry. Well, Dave, let's talk complaints, specifically pensions ombudsman complaints. Yeah, it's just worth noting that the um, number of complaints going to the pension ombudsman are on the rise. 
Um, and there's already a pretty decent sized backlog already, um, which probably wasn't helped by um, a cyber incident that was experienced by the pension ombudsman um, over the summer. So I think trustees need to be aware that when dealing with the pension ombudsman, they can take a long time either finalising um, queries with you, especially the more complex cases. Of course, the ombudsman has the early resolution service, which they introduced a few years ago, which has been a big success. It can help with those kind of more, I don't know what the word is, more usual complaints, the more regular complaints that um, that members might may have. So the more complex things are, are getting a bit tied up. And it's also one to think about, I know buyout is on the minds of trustees a lot at the moment um, and getting data in order, but also resolving these kind of complaints can be a barrier um, when you get closer to buyout. If, if things aren't resolved and are still sitting on the ombudsman's um, desk, sometimes the insurers aren't in a particularly happy situation with that. So yeah, make sure you're clear where you are with your, your complaints. Contact the Ombudsman if you've got any um, concerns. And it'll be interesting to see if the relatively new pensions Ombudsman, Dominic Harris, who was formerly at CMS, uh, he has taken over, of course, Anthony Archer stepped back as deputy. Be interesting to see if Dominic does have any plans, grand plans to reduce the backlog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll keep an eye on that one. Simon, as you know, I've just returned from wonderful, wonderful Copenhagen, where I drank lots of beer and ate lots of Danish pastries, um, which may not be that wise. But while I was there, it got you thinking about, well, what were you thinking about? I was thinking about bicycles, because as you will have known, there are huge numbers of bicycles in Denmark and Copenhagen particularly. Uh, apparently, 90% of adults in Denmark have a bicycle. Whereas in the UK, only 79% of adults have a workplace pension. And I was just thinking if we could get workplace pension take up to the same level of bicycle take up in Copenhagen, it would be really good. <laughs> well, thanks everyone for watching and we'll see you again next Tuesday.